Amen. Thank you, brother. It was uh, very good. So praise the Lord. Um, I appreciate the example of Saul and David. You know, David, David uh, understood what it really meant to love and to serve God. He had a, he had a passionate love for God. And you see that how, he, how God rewarded that, how God was so blessed by, David, by, by, by seeing David wanting to please him, to live for him. And then I also appreciate you bringing up Saul because uh, Saul scares me. Because Saul, Saul was chosen. He was chosen by God. He was anointed by God. And he was blessed by God. And then he left it all. And he lost it all. And that's a, that's a scary thing because he, 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 didn't have, he didn't have this heart and this passion. This, he didn't understand God for who he was, I believe. This God of love that David knew. Because David recognized what God had done for him, what, how God had taken him. And he, that he needed God, that God was his, was his only provider, his only sustenance, his only sustainer. <clears throat> so, Amen. May we find us in that place. So I'd like to open with a prayer. Lord, we, we worship you this morning for the great God that you are. We thank you for this opportunity to come together, to look at your word, to hear your word. We thank you for the grace you've shown us, for your love. For the great God that you are, help us, Lord, to, to recognize, to see you, to know you more. I pray for this time here this morning, especially, Lord, I pray for uh, your spirit to move amongst us. I pray that you would speak, that you would give life. For, Lord, everything we have comes from you. Help us, Lord, to seek you, to know you more in a deeper and a more precious way. Bless the words that are spoken, Lord, we give it. We give this hour into your hands, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, amen. My message today I'm going to call, um, What Kind of Love Is This? And it's uh, it, it, it reflects to the opening, and I really... I really appreciate that. What kind of love is this? When we talk about God and His love, when we talk about the love that we should have for one another, and when we talk about the love that we should be reflecting, the love of Christ, what kind of love is this? So I'm continuing uh, with, uh, with the study of 1 John. We're at, I'm at chapter 4. Um, and going through this, I know we've uh, we've had we've spoken of love a lot. It is the main theme. 
Um, he come, John, the, the epistle of John, it comes back to that again and again. That's where he starts. That's where, where it seemed like he ends. Um, the, the whole Bible, the whole of Scripture, if we look at it, is God's love story for us, for his creation. Um, for his creation, for the people, for mankind, people who rejected him, uh, who rejected God's love for the curiosities and the pleasure of this world. And, and then his love and his desire to bring these people back to himself and what he paid to do that, the price he paid to show us his love, to reveal himself, to, to, to bring to make a way of restoration. So God is love. John, 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 7. <clears throat> Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. For God is love. Very powerful word, verse. Um, and, uh, and he says to love one another. That, that's the ultimate call of every Christian. The ultimate test for every Christian. And it's humbling. It's, uh, it's humbling. It's challenging. And it's revealing. If we honestly... I believe if we honestly let, let God... Uh, open our hearts. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Um, and he says, so his command is to love one another. He says, this, this is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to be, to love one another. And he says, uh, and I want to take a verse. So what is love? And we have the 1 Corinthians 13, we have the love chapter. <clears throat> and uh, starting at verse 4 to verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Okay, and when we think of love, we, we see that, okay, love, that's, that's love. We, when we see someone who's long-suffering and kind, okay, that's, Check, right? We, we can all connect with that. Love does not envy. Love, it, it's not envious. Love does not parade itself. It doesn't, it doesn't boast. It doesn't make itself look good. It's not out to make itself look good. It does not behave rudely. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. But instead, it seeks the benefit of others. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And this, this is the pinnacle. This is the pinnacle of love, I believe, the, the ultimate description. And the challenge, the, the, the big challenge is, is that a description of us? How do we fit into that picture? 
But what I want to point out is, is uh, this first line in verse 7, this second line in verse 7 that says, For God is love. And he, it, it doesn't say that, that love is from God, that all love is from God. It doesn't say that God gives us love. It, but it says God is love. God is the epitome of love. He defines it. It's who he is. It's his character. He cannot be anything else but that. He is love. And, and John, here, here he makes the claim that everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. All love comes from God. And when we wonder a little bit, okay, how is that even possible? And, and we can look at these, at these verses from 1 Corinthians and we can, we can plug God and we can get an understanding of, we get a picture of who God is. Okay, God, he suffers long and is kind. Is that right? 100%. If we read the Old Testament through, through actual, for what it is. Okay, a lot of times we look at the Old Testament and we read it and we know the stories. And of course, we remember, we all we remember is the graphic parts. We, we're, we're humans, we were drawn to the, to the blood and the, and the gory parts and the, those, those awful stories of God's judgment. And that's what we remember. But if we read the script, read the Old Testament and we, we see, we look into it and we see God's heart for a people. God's heart for, for his people to love him, to follow him, to stay with him, to be his own. He is patient. He is kind. So God does not envy. God does not parade himself. He is not puffed up. He does not behave rudely, does not seek his own. He is not provoked. And this is the character of God. This is what God is made up of. This is not something that God aspires to be. This is a, a description of who he is. And it's very different because we start out and this is a, this is this, this if we if we truly want to be Christ like this is our our aspiration this is our goal this is what we want to be. But it's it's who God is. He's there. He's, he's he lives in this place of being like this. He does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. He bears all things. He believes all things. He hopes all things. He endures all things. And a lot of these things we, we, he did. A lot of these things, um, if, we, if we plug them into the life of Christ, when he came to earth, what he endured, what he suffered, what he lived, what he was. <clears throat> So, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So, I, I think it's important for us to, to understand. I think, and, and uh, I'd say almost all of us have heard this before, 
to understand that there's different types of love. There's different words for love. And in our modern day America, we, we love everything, right? We love ice cream. Um, we love our children. Uh, we love God. We love, um, we love whatever we do. Um, we love our toys. We love everything. We, we use love a lot. Okay, in the old, <clears throat> in the old, uh, in the Greek language, it was, they had different words that meant different things for love. Um, and I, I just want to go, they had three of them, the three basic ones. They had eros, philia, and agape. And a lot of times we, we confuse, we, um, in, so in our translation of the Bible, they use the same one. So how many of you, I'm sure a lot of you read, read the, the King James Bible. The King James Bible uses a word um, that sounds strange to us in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, the translation uses charity. Charity is patient. Charity is kind. Charity does not vaunt itself. So it uses charity there because I believe the translators saw that there's there's a difference there this is not this is not just love there's a different level of love there's a different type of love there are different types of love there's like the word like like i like star i really like something we would use um, then there's charity okay so what is charity why did they, why did they use that word and if we if we think about charity what is charity it's charity is is like the act of love it's not, it's not just a feeling, but charity is taking love and putting it in action. When we do a charitable act, it's, it's really an act of love that's acted out. Um, so there, there's different, different words for love. Um, so there's a, there's a natural love that we know about, and then I believe he's talking about the love that comes purely from God. And that's true sacrificial love. And uh, see, um, see, I, I don't know if you know where I'm going, but um, there's a bit of the struggle here with this verse. Everyone who loves is born of God. So somebody who does a kind act are they necessarily born of God? Not necessarily. Because everyone I've ever met has the capacity to do a kind act. And I'm certain many of them are not born of God. But um, so what is this love that comes from God? The true, the true love. So there's three types of love. There's eros, that's the shallowest love. And that is... Um, passion, and it's often uh, born out of lust. Uh, it's usually connected with lust, lust and, and there's no commitment to it. You, it's like you fall into it. You ever heard the term, you fall in love? You, there's nothing you did. You just fell into it. There's no commitment, and then you can fall out too, you know, fall in, fall out. And... <laughs> And that's that's as deep. It's 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 like the passions. It's almost uh, um, it's not not quite like what what 
what we can see in the animal world, but you know, there is a connection there um, in the on the human level. But it's the shallowest love. There, there's no commitment, and and people. Uh, but we all know what it feels like. We can most of us know what it feels like. Um, it's this this passion, this desire, this this immediate connection that you sometimes feel, and then that everybody has to go through and, and deal with. Uh, but <laughs> but it's the shallowest kind of love, and the reason is there's no commitment in it. And then you have philia, um, and that is this is a love that has some commitment, and there's there's it's a deeper love that. Um, where you're not there just for what you can benefit. You actually have, you, you commit to something, something greater. It's like a camaraderie. There's a, there's a camaraderie and, and people stick to, you know, they, they stick together and, and then we'll get through this and, and we're in this together. We're a team. Um, and, this is this is good. There's a, there's a higher level. There's commitment there. There's a um, there. It's it's a higher level of love, and it's it's an important it's important for us. See, I believe it, it kind of comes in in steps. <clears throat> but philia, um, we can have philia. We can have this type of love outside of being born of God. This one too. And it's it's common. It's uh, people people almost everyone most people recognize the value of this this level of love. Um, teams that function well function on this this level of love. But then the highest level of love, the higher level of love, is agape. And that's that's the word. And I checked in the Strong's Concordance. Um, is, and that's the word that, that's used in this letter. The word that John used, the agape love. He uses that word every time. That it's a higher level of love. Um, it's, it's a powerful, it's a more deeper level. It's, it's a supernatural love that comes from God. A love that's, how can God, how, 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 how can we even understand it unless God reveals it to us? <clears throat> so what uh, in this passage is true deep sacrificial love what we would call true love what we would call the love that is described here um, love suffers long and is kind Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up. It's, it has none of its own, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own. A love that is completely unselfish. Where this, where, a love that comes from God that, where that doesn't, where, where, where I receive it from God and it's not, for my own benefit. I'm not looking out for myself. It's a love that's outward. <clears throat> this is the supernatural love. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, 
and everyone who loves. I want to say everyone who loves in this way is born of God and knows God. And he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And um, this epistle of John, he, it's, it's like he's, he's speaking so gently. And when you dig in, it's, um, you have to wonder, okay, what, what do we do with this? Um, so yeah, is this a description of us? Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Here John makes a strong statement. Um, we by nature were selfish. We're born selfish. We're looking out for our own interests, our own desires, our own well-being. But if God's love is working in us, we start looking out for the well-being, the interests of others. Others. <clears throat> What is true love? And what kind of love is this? Jesus said in, uh, in John chapter 13, verse 34, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you. As I have loved you. And we tend to skip over that a little bit, the way Jesus loved us. That you also love one another. By this, all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And this, this, this verse didn't click to me for a long time. It's like, okay, what is he saying? What is, uh, what is the new commandment? Jesus said, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Hasn't this always been that we should love one another? Not quite. In the, uh, but he, so what is the new commandment? He says, uh, this is my, and the new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Up to this time, Jesus Up to the time of Jesus, what was the commandment? Jesus told the story of the Good Samaritan. You know, a man was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. Um, so this, this scribe comes to him and he asks him, who, who is my neighbor? Jesus was telling them, these, he, he told Jesus, these are the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. And, and Jesus told him the story of the, the Good Samaritan, the story we all know, that this, uh, this man was traveling from Jericho to Jerusalem, and on his way there, these robbers attacked him, and they, they, he was attacked and beaten by thieves and robbers, and he was left to die by the side of the road. Then along came this Levite and this priest, and uh, interestingly, this Levite and priest, it's, it's very interesting to me that they were very, they were on the way most likely to perform their spiritual duties, to perform their duties at the temple, to do a service for God. And uh, they passed by and they saw this man and they did what? They looked at him 
And what didn't they have? They didn't have um, compassion. Thank you. Um, but then the Samaritan came by and he saw this man and he had compassion on him and he took him and he cared for him and he took him to the inn and he even paid them to continue to take care of him. So he, he went completely out of his way. So is this love? Does it take a pure, pure, perfect love to help a man in distress like that? I, I'm kind of like, not, not really. It would just take compassion, right? I mean, I, just a tender heart, just someone who puts his interests, his, his time, less valuable than this man's life. And I don't think I know, my point is, I don't think I know anyone who wouldn't help someone like this. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't think of anyone that I know who would walk past a man in distress like this and not, not do anything, not help. Um, so what's the difference? Jesus, Jesus wasn't teaching about love. He was answering the question, who is my neighbor? Who is your neighbor? Who do you reach out to? Um, sometimes animals seem to show compassion on each other, even in the animal realm, much less humans. Um, this is not really a picture of deep love. In the Old Testament, but in the Old Testament, that's what was required of you. To love your neighbor as yourself. To treat your neighbor like you would want to be treated. But Jesus here, he speaks about a new commandment. And he gave the new commandment and said, love one another as I have loved you. And that's the love that we are talking about. That's how Jesus asks us to love one another, the way he loved us. When we were undeserving, when we were, uh, when we were the offenders, he loved. When we were lost, a father's love, a father's love, the true shepherd's love, a love that loves even when the recipient rejects it. A love that goes out after the lost land and looks for it. A love that is waiting at the gate and watching. The road for the day his son will choose to return. His son that rejected him. That's God's love. So amen. May God work that in us. Going on to verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. How do we know God's love? How, how did he love us? He said, love, love the way I love. As you have seen in me. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him in this is love not that we love god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins to be the sacrifice to be the sacrifice 
in our place. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. God's love is the true love. And the most beautiful picture of God's love is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the same life we live. To endure the things we have to endure. And to be crucified in our place for our sins. And, and we, we read that quickly and we, we read a verse like that. But the love that shows from a God who is perfect, a God who is all-powerful, a God who needs nothing. A God who, who by, all our, by all our, if we look at it, we're like, God, why would you bother with this world? Why would you mess with it? And he sent his son <coughs> to suffer and endure and die in our place. Hebrews 12, verse 2, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. He sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. So there's a joy that God through Jesus is going to receive. There, there's something that, 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 that Jesus is looking forward to. And I believe that's, that's the redemption of these lost men, the lost, lost men and women on earth. That's what Jesus saw. That's what he was looking forward to. And, and seeing, looking into the future and seeing that redemption drove him to make that sacrifice. <clears throat> if God so loved us, we also, we ought also to love one another. If God loves these people, these people around us, and we look around and, and we're in a real world with, with real people, and it's good for us to remember that Jesus was in a real world with real people. And he walked with them. With these disciples. These were fishermen. These, were, these weren't very clean cut. Shower everyday people. These were ordinary people. Of the lower class. And if God loves these people around us enough to die for them. How much should we love him? How much should we love them too? <clears throat> so may God, may God help us in that. So verse, uh, verse 12, we're going to go to verse, uh, to the end of the chapter. No one has seen God at any time. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love has been perfected 
in us. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. How does the world ever see God? No one, no one can see God. We can't see God. Moses saw the, the back part, just the hind of the, the, the trails of his robes. And people were blinded when they looked at Moses. Nobody can see God. But how, how, do, uh, how do people see God? If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And the life of God is reflected and shined forth from the lives of those who are his children and walk in love. So we become these, these pictures that if we walk in love, if he does his work in us, that people can look at and see this is what, this is what God is like. This is what God wants. This is, this is how Christ walked. That's why we strive to live Christ-like lives. Because we might be the only picture people ever see. The only, uh, the only witness people ever see of Christ might be us. <clears throat> the life of God reflected and shining forth from the lives of those who are his children and walk in love. We know we abide in him because, and he in us because he has given us his spirit. He has given us his spirit. He has given us his life inside us. The Holy Spirit to guide and direct us every day. He's our comfort. He's our guide. He does the work inside us. He brings the conviction. He draws us closer to him. And we respond. And we're forgiven and cleansed. <clears throat> Accepting the Son as the Savior. Verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. He says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we've seen and we testify that God sent his Son. The Apostle John stands here. He, he's saying this as an eyewitness. John was there. He, he walked with Jesus. He lived with him for three years. And God sent his son into the world. And he who confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. <clears throat> There's a work that happens that gets done there. Verse 16. And we have known and believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God in him. Love has been perfected among, uh, among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, 
But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. We have known and believe, believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. And here he says, the love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. God is love, and he who abides in his love abides in God. Love is the test. It's, it's a test we can, we can see. We, he, John puts, us out, puts it out as a test to see, it, is, is someone walking? Is someone abiding in God? Is there love? So he's looking at people and he's saying, is there, does this person love? Look for love. Love God. Let his love dwell and take over, dwell in us and take over our lives. And he says, if there's love, there's no fear. And there's an interesting connection here between fear and love. Um, Uh, think of a child in its mother's or its father's arm, arms. Does that child at that point fear anything? No. There's no fear. Because the love, it casts out fear. In the same way, if we have love, trust, if we, and, we have, uh, we ha and have our confidence in the Lord... What matters? What matters? If, if, we have, if, we have our, if we have a love and a confidence in the Lord and with the Lord, that He loves us and we're, we're in His will, there's really nothing, there's nothing that can shake a believer like that who has his confidence in God. No matter what happens on the outside, no matter what comes against them, if they are grounded and rooted in God's love, they're, they're not going to fear any of it. Because they're like, this, uh, they're like this child in their parents' arms. And they're protected. There's the love there that, that protects them. And they're, they're not afraid. They're not worried. They're not worried about anything. <clears throat> What would have to happen for to shake us? God's love, it drives away fear. If God is our loving Father and our caring shepherd, fear and love, they can't go together. You can't, if we are fearful, basically saying if, if, there's, if there's fear, there's a lack of love. There's, there's a, okay, what, what causes a lack of love? Maybe we don't trust. In order, to, in order to love God, we have to trust God. Sometimes in our, and, and sometimes in our lives, we, 
we get hurt by people who, who we're supposed to be able to trust. Um, we have problems trusting people and therefore we have problems trusting God because people let us down. Maybe our parents let us down. Maybe they hurt us. Maybe, our, uh, maybe some other person in authority let us down. And, uh, and maybe God, maybe we feel like God let us down. He disappointed us. Can we trust God? And it's a question we all have to answer on a personal level. Because God is completely trustworthy. His promises in His Word are sure. We can build on His promises and on His Word. We can, we can live and build our lives more confidently on that Word, on those promises than on anything else in the world. He is, he will be, and he must be faithful. He will be. <clears throat> but it's interesting that he, he, counters, he counters fear with love. He said if we're fearful, um, we should pursue love. Pursue, uh, pursue our love to God. <clears throat> So last few verses, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? This commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. So if we say we hate our brother, then someone who says they hate your brother, this person does not have the love of God inside you. This real love that comes from God is not inside this person if there's hate. If we, and he says, if we can't even love someone whom we can see, we can't even love the people whom we can see, um, how can we pretend to love God whom we haven't seen? And, and this is interesting to me because um, I think most of us think it's easier to love God than it is to love the people around us, right? It kind of makes sense, you know, God doesn't mess up. He's, he's on the right track. Um, but the people around us, you know, they, they mess up. They're, they're maybe on the wrong track. They need to get corrected. And uh, so, but here he says, if we can't even love, if we don't love the people we see, why are we pretending we love God if we don't, that we don't see? And, uh, well, maybe we'll just chew around on that one for a while. <laughs> uh, he, he says this is not, it's not, doesn't make sense. So he's bringing out, it's easier to love the people we see than, than loving God, which we don't see. We are called to love. And if there's no love for our brothers, our sisters, no love for our neighbors, for the people that we cross paths with, then the love of God may not even be dwelling in us.
For he who loves God must love his brother also. So love God. Um, I know this is a bit of a heavy and challenging message. Um, it's like one that, um, like I said, it's humbling. It's humbling to honestly look at our hearts, look at our lives, and reflect on how much we love, what we love, and who we love. And it's, it's like the, I think it's the pinnacle of Christianity. <clears throat> and uh, this, is, this is probably one of the last words, last letters that was written to the church. That was written to God's people. In the, in the word of God, of course, God still, God still speaks. But I'm talking in the Bible. Um, so, bless you and may God work his love in us. Pursue, help us to, to, to love God, which results in love flowing towards the people around us. So, bless you, my man.